You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Nolan is standing by. Hey, Wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Plurality Pie was created for moments like this. The idea that there isn't just one person to blame and isn't just one person to credit was created specifically for conversations like we're about to have. I like to joke around and say that it was created primarily to combat the idea that wins are a quarterback stat. And in a way, it was created for that purpose. But it means the most during discussions like this. After the Buffalo Bills were thoroughly defeated by the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round of the 2022-23 AFC playoffs, a lot of people have pointed in a lot of different directions as far as what the primary cause, who the primary culprit is for the Buffalo Bills loss. Both general manager Brandon Bean and head coach Sean McDermott have both ascribed to the idea openly that essentially you are who you were last. You are as a team what you were the last time you played. Now, I don't necessarily agree with them on that. I think that the entire season matters more than one game. But it's certainly the lasting impression that will provide guidance for the entire offseason. So we're going to talk about it. And today's show is titled Break the Cycle for specifically that reason. What must happen for the Buffalo Bills to break the cycle. What must general manager do? What must the head coach do? What must the coordinators do? What must we do to break our own cycles as fans? We are going to start right off the bat with the plurality pie for the Buffalo Bills loss against the Cincinnati Bengals because it's going to guide our discussion for the remainder of the pod. Brandon Bean, 19%. Leslie Frazier, 17%. Ken Dorsey, 16%. Sean McDermott, 15%. Roger Saffold, 
7%. Other, 26%. Why the coaches? Why the GM? Why is it that they got the overwhelming majority of the plurality pie for me? Let me ask you this. Can you think of players who significantly underperformed what could have reasonably been expected from them in that game? Did Josh Allen massively underperform? How about Stephon Diggs? Did he massively underperform? Did Trey White massively underperform relative to reasonable expectations going into that game? I think Roger Saffold did not have a good year, but I think even he underperformed his standard, which is why he showed up on that list. But what you saw was a Bengals team that was better than the Bills. Their coaching was better. Their players were better. Lou Anarumo put on a clinic. Zach Taylor called a heck of a game. Ken Dorsey struggled. Leslie Frazier struggled. Sean McDermott struggled. There were two punts in that game where I was looking at my television going, no, don't do that. What are you doing? One of them, the fourth and 10 punt with 40 seconds remaining in the second while losing 17 to seven was a 92nd percentile on the surrender index, which is a Twitter account you can use that essentially quantifies how cowardly a punt is. But Brandon Bean is getting ready for what I would consider to be a critical offseason. And he is going to be the focus of a big part of this podcast. Because I know the discussion is always going to be focused on a specific thing you're angry about. If you're angry about Leslie Frazier, it's all going to be, it doesn't matter, you got to fire Frazier. But I want to talk about Brandon Bean. I want to talk about the actual players in the building. I wrote an article for buffalorumblings.com. It's very, very long. But I hope that you'll go there at some point and read up on it. Because nobody should be surprised that this offseason is pivotal because every offseason has been more and more pivotal since the Bills started signing players during this regime. When the Bills signed Josh Allen, to a six-year, $258 million contract. One of the prevailing narratives, well, okay, you got your quarterback now. He's locked up. You're going to have to hit on draft picks and lower cost free agents now to build around him. But that pinch had started before with the 2017 class. Tredavious White, Deion Dawkins, Matt Milano. They all got market contracts at their respective positions. Each one of those contracts was completely justifiable. But every time you do it, the need for low-cost hits goes up just a little bit. Reaching the absolute zenith with the mega extension for Josh Allen. But the hits haven't come the way we hoped. And quite frankly, the hits haven't come the way the Bills have needed. The 2017 class was an unquestioned hit for the Bills. And the 2018 class in the draft delivered three Bills starters. Allen, linebacker Tremaine Edmonds, nickel cornerback Taron Johnson. 
But since that 2018 class, it can be argued that none of the Bills draft picks have represented players who are top eight at their position. None of them have gotten to the point where it's a no-brainer to sign this player to a market or close-to-market second contract. Dawson Knox got a market second contract, but I don't think that was a no-brainer. And he was fairly underutilized this year. We think he can be a really good tight end. But we're still waiting. It's not a slam dunk. He's going to live up to that contract. Defensive tackle Ed Oliver continues to show flashes. But also was impacted by an early season injury, which we talked about. And has unquestionably had a less productive career than four of the other five defensive tackles taken in the first round in 2019. Quinton Williams has had a better career. Christian Wilkins has had a better career. Jeffrey Simmons has had a better career. And Dexter Lawrence has had a better career. Ed Oliver's been better than Jerry Tillery. His pass rush win rate this year was 10.1%. It was the lowest since his rookie year. How about A.J. Epinesa, who just came off the quietest seven-sack season in recent memory? Was 53rd in the NFL in pass rush win rate. As he enters the final year of his rookie contract, is anybody pounding the table to re-sign him as a cornerstone piece of the defensive line rotation to a market or near-market second contract? Anybody? Bueller? How about fellow defensive end Boogie Basham? 13 pressures on 246 pass rush snaps in 2022. He was outplayed by Shaq Lawson. Zach Moss was largely a disappointment before getting traded to the Colts along with a sixth-round pick for Naheem Hines, who was then promptly underutilized on offense. Gabriel Davis put up completely reasonable results as the wide receiver, too, but did not take the jump that many expected and is not a lock to be re-signed by the team as he enters his contract year as well. Offensive lineman Cody Ford, victim of role vagueness. We think he's a tackle. Oh, well, no, I don't think he's a tackle. Maybe I think he's a guard. Oh, well... Heck with it. We're going to trade him to the Cardinals. Linebacker Voshan Joseph. Edge rusher Daryl Johnson. Tight end Tommy Sweeney. Quarterback Jake Fromm. Wide receiver Marquez Stevenson. Cornerback Rashad Wildgoose. Offensive lineman Jack Anderson. All non-factors for the team. Wide receiver Isaiah Hodgins got released and picked up by the former Bills offensive coordinator and current New York Giants head coach Brian Dable. And after seeing some success there, The wisdom of that transaction continues to be questioned by some. Now, there have been solid singles and doubles during this time after the 2018 draft because that's the time we're thinking about right now. Gregory Rousseau, Groot, was a much more effective player when Von Miller was healthy opposite him. He finished the season 14th in the NFL in pass rush win rate. But after the time Von Miller went down, Rousseau was 43rd in the same metric when they didn't have a Hall of Famer across from him. Mentioned earlier, Dawson Knox has proven to be a reasonable starting tight end in the NFL, even if his contract is going to be a pain point moving forward if more production is not received by the team in return. Tyler Bass, absolute win, re-signable kicker. And this year's class, Kyir Elam, promising, Running back James Cook, promising. Wide receiver Khalil Shakir, 
Promising. Cornerback and potentially future safety, Christian Benford. Promising. They all look like they could play meaningful snaps for the Bills in 2023 and moving forward. So let's not get it confused. It hasn't been a whiff on every single pick. It hasn't been constant strikeouts, but there have been no home runs. Not a single one. No stars on rookie deals at impactful positions who can create that immense value between what they're giving the team and what the team is paying them. In free agency, since that 2018 draft class, Bean has absolutely nailed the signing of one-tech defensive tackle, Daquan Jones, who is probably a top two unrestricted free agent signing by the Bills' general manager in terms of overall impact. Vaughn Miller looked like he still had a lot of juice left before going down with a torn ACL. That was looking like a win. Punter Sam Martin is on my list of re-signed candidates. But the remaining free agents have been a steady rotation of players who didn't perform up to their contracts. Tim Settle was a disappointment after coming over from Washington. Roger Saffold had a poor year overall, and basically nobody's pushing to re-sign him to a meaningful deal as a starter. Jordan Phillips was playing with his usual intensity before tearing his rotator cuff. Jamison Crowder suffered through another injury-plagued year. As we start looking at previous years, we start to see more singles, more doubles. Emmanuel Sanders, reasonable production for the contract in his final year. Mario Addison and A.J. Klein were probably overpaid for the production they provided while they were here. Vernon Butler was ineffective. Quentin Jefferson was cut after one year. After one very good year, Darrell Williams was re-signed, then moved to a new position, and then released in favor of the previously mentioned struggling Roger Saffold. The 2019 Bills free agent class had meaningfully positive pieces. Wide receiver Cole Beasley, wide receiver John Brown, they absolutely performed up to the contract they signed. And they helped in the development of Josh Allen. Good singles, good doubles. Center Mitch Morse is the other person in the top two, along with Daquan Jones, in my opinion, when ranking the free agent signings from Brandon Bean. But the fact that we've gone back as many years as we have to find the acquisitions made by Bean that were even doubles proves there's been a lull in terms of talent acquisition for the Bills. The best year of talent infusion during this regime was unquestionably 2017 when they had a stellar draft class and brought in free agent safeties Micah Hyde and Jordan Boyer both of whom would go on to re-sign with the Bills and earn All-Pro honors. But all of those 2017 acquisitions happened under Sean McDermott before Brandon Bean was hired to be general manager of the team. Since 2018, when Josh Allen, Tremaine Edmonds, and Taron Johnson were drafted, the Bills have acquired four players, whether through the draft or free agency, who I would consider to be no-brainer re-signing candidates to market or close-to-market contracts. Center Mitch Morse, who they did re-sign, and defensive tackle Daquan Jones, who signed a two-year deal and is already coming into the last year of his contract, and I'm already worried about losing him. Punter Sam Martin 
kicker Tyler Bass. Four players who were no-brainer, absolutely, you should sign them again to market or close to market contracts when their deal is up. Dawson Knox, we mentioned already, got re-signed. But the jury's still out on whether or not that was a good move or not. Every single other acquisition was either a no or a we'll see to that question. That doesn't mean there weren't any hits. There were. Let's talk about those. We, we talked about it. John Brown was a hit. Cole Beasley was a hit. I would go back and do that all over again. There were singles. There were doubles. There just weren't home runs. You ended up with a depth team. A team that has good depth to get through injuries, especially like they got through this year. Lots of singles. Lots of doubles. No home runs. Four players acquired since the 2018 draft who I would consider to be absolute no-brainer. Yes, when their contract's up, I want to re-sign them to market or close-to-market deals. Morse, Daquan Jones, a kicker, and a punter. That's it. Now, you could end up with that. Kyer Yulem could become that guy. James Cook, probably not going to become that guy because I don't want to re-sign running backs. Khalil Shakir could end up becoming that guy. Christian Benford could end up being the next Jordan Poyer for this team. I know that's blasphemy because Jordan Poyer's amazing and has been unbelievable during his time as a Buffalo Bill. So it's not like that's not possible. It just hasn't happened yet. And when you have a lull in talent acquisition where you don't hit any home runs and other teams hit home runs, they pass you when it comes to talent acquisition. This is not a Brandon Bean is a bad general manager discussion. This is a Brandon Bean kind of needs to hit a few dingers conversation. Four. Four players who most would agree are players the team must retain due to their impact on the team to market or close to market contract. But this lull is not without peers. You are familiar with the Seattle Seahawks legendary three-year run of draft classes. 2010 to 2012 might be one of the greatest stretches of drafting in NFL history. In that time, head coach Pete Carroll and general manager John Snyder got the following players. Russell Okung, Earl Thomas, Golden Tate, Cam Chancellor, K.J. Wright, Richard Sherman, Byron Maxwell, Bruce Irvin, Bobby Wagner, and Russell Wilson. In three years, you drafted probably four Hall of Famers in Wagner, Wilson, Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, and a bunch of other really, really good players. And then after 2013, the Seahawks' stretch of draft picks that were hits notably thinned out. They got Tyler Lockett in 2015. Chris Carson was a seventh-round pick in 17. Rashad Penny was kind of breaking out a little bit before he got hurt. DK Metcalf was a star. But after 10 incredibly meaningful additions in three years, the Seahawks went nine drafts after that with some hits here and there. 
before having what many consider to be a tremendous 2022 draft. It only takes one offseason to pull the franchise out of a talent acquisition decline. Hopefully this year is the year for Brandon Bean. Here's hoping it doesn't take the Bills nine years to replicate the talent infusion they saw in 2017 and 2018. And there's no time like the present. We are going to take a quick break. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. We spent the first very, very long segment of this podcast talking about Brandon Bean and why it's so important to have some hits, but not just any hits, dingers, home runs this offseason because it's been a couple years of doubles and let's see. Singles and let's see for Brandon Bean. But that's how he can break the cycle. That's how he can pull the team out of a talent infusion decline, which we all know was going to be important. We all knew when the Buffalo Bills started re-signing players, draft and develop, draft and develop. It only works as long as the first part works. You can't have a draft and develop philosophy if you don't hit on draft picks. Well, Bruce, the draft is just a lottery. There's no such thing as being good or bad at talent evaluation. There are people who actually believe that. They believe there's no such thing as being good or bad at talent evaluation. Okay, fine. Let's play that game. Let's assume that's true. In that case, you should still be upset at Brandon Bean for not trading down more often. Because if it's all a lottery, if it's all just random and there is no such thing as good or bad talent evaluation, then in that case, he should be trading down the first round as often as humanly possible to get more cracks at the apple. Ironically enough, you know who was famous for doing that? John Schneider. Didn't work out great for him between 2014 and 2022. Had a home run here or there. But went a long time after that awesome run. Lived off that meat for a long time. That's how Brandon Bean can break the cycle. I do not think that Leslie Frazier or Ken Dorsey are going anywhere. I just don't think they are. I think if they were, 
there's a chance you probably would have heard about it by now. I am recording this podcast at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday, the 25th of January. And I really don't think they're going anywhere. So they can evolve. But you know what would help Leslie Frazier's scheme do better? If you hit on some defensive line picks. You know what would help Ken Dorsey's offense run a little bit better? If you hit on some offensive line picks. So I recognize that there are flaws in the defensive strategy, which I didn't like against the Bengals, and the offensive strategy, which I didn't like. But we're not going to go into those things right now. We're going to acknowledge that they were on the plurality pie. So do not walk away from this podcast going, Bruce is blaming nobody but Brandon Bean. It's wrong. You're wrong. You're lying. That's not true. Brandon Bean was 19%. Leslie Frazier was 17%. Ken Dorsey was 16%. Sean McDermott was 15%. On the plurality pie. I just don't have 20 minutes for each of them. On this podcast. So I picked the biggest piece. To talk about. Plurality pie exists. To combat the idea that there's only one thing wrong. With the team when things go badly. And there's only one thing right with the team. When it goes well. And I didn't really like the whole. Well the Bills haven't drafted a pro bowler. Since blah blah blah. So I decided to reframe that argument. That the Bills haven't acquired many players, four players since then, that I am absolutely gung-ho about, that I think it's a no-brainer to re-sign them to a market or close-to-market contract when their contracts are up. And so that's how Brandon Bean can help break the cycle. But I want us to remember this. Remember this conversation in free agency. Remember it during the draft when we were claiming that Big Baller Bean cannot be questioned. Remember this. Remember this when the mob tells you that everything's perfect or everything's terrible. Neither one of those statements is true. But let's not do this thing this offseason where after the last game is over, we're really upset and ready to fire everyone, and then three months later, they're absolutely perfect and can do no wrong. Let's break our own cycle. Let's not get on this roller coaster. Let's not do this thing that we do as fans every single offseason where the second they lose, it's fire everyone and the second they make their first free agent signing, it's defend, defend, defend because everything is amazing. Neither one of those things is true. So that's how Bean can break the cycle and that's how we can break the cycle. Lashing out at people on social media does not make you a better fan. It just makes you a less emotionally disciplined person. If there's a one-to-one ratio between the anger you feel and the lashing out you do, you're not passionate, you're emotionally stunted. Don't conflate critical with angry. I think I've been very critical this pod regarding Brandon Bean. But angry and critical are not the same things. If anything, your best criticism will not come when you are emotionally compromised. Your best criticism will not come when you're mad. Your loudest criticism might come when you're mad. But the best criticism comes when you're calm. So let's be critical this offseason. Because there's criticism to be had. 
Let's be critical. Let's evaluate every move on its own merit and not start from the idea that it's terrible because Brandon Bean did it or it's great because Brandon Bean did it. It's terrible because Sean McDermott did it or it's great because Sean McDermott did it. Let's evaluate this offseason every move on its own merit. The final thing I want to talk to you about is why I follow the Bills. Maybe why you follow the Bills. I started thinking after the Buffalo Bills lost to the Cincinnati Bengals about enjoyment versus compulsion. Are you having fun? Are you enjoying it? Maybe in that moment, you're not. But why do you keep coming back? If it hurts like this, when the Buffalo Bills lose, why do we keep coming back? Is it enjoyment? Or is it compulsion? Because I don't think they're the same thing. And I want to talk to you. And I want to encourage you that this is supposed to be fun. And it doesn't mean you're not going to have moments where it's not. Moments where you're disappointed. Moments where you're sad even. But overall, it's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to come back to it because you enjoy it. Not because you're compelled. Not because you feel like you need to. You have something to prove. You're trying to prove to yourself or someone else that you're a better fan than they are. It's supposed to be fun. I love the offseason. There's so much strategy and analysis that goes into the offseason. I wish it would have waited a little bit longer to come around. But I fully intend to enjoy this offseason with all of you. One last note. Nate Geary and I are recording our final episode of Food for Thought this Friday evening, the 27th of January, 2023, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on the Buffalo Rumblings YouTube channel. I would be honored if you would like to join us for that final episode. My schedule, Nate's schedule, have gotten to the point where we're just too busy to be able to do a second show. And so I'm going to have to cut back. And Nate's going to have to cut back. And we're not going to be able to do Food for Thought anymore. I've loved doing Food for Thought for two years. I've done that show with Nate. And I've really enjoyed it. And if you've enjoyed it, even passing, I'd be honored if you show up. And I'd be honored if you listen to us. So we can kind of go out with a bang. I have enjoyed this season immensely. I'm going to enjoy this offseason immensely. Talking to each one of you about the Buffalo Bills. I fully intend to keep doing the Bruce exclusive for now. And I fully intend to be here this offseason. Talking through why you shouldn't draft a running back in the first round. I fully intend to get on and have a discussion after the draft class. About what maybe I think I would have done. And have everybody talk about how dare I question Big Baller Bean. And it's going to be a good time. Because we choose to. We choose to make it a good time. Because it's enjoyable. And we love it. And that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumbles.
more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently, Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup developer first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. 